My name is Kathy Gerber. Today is November 20th, 2018. I'm here with Robert Feinstein at the Cortelu Library for the Our Streets, Our Stories project. So thank you, Robert, for coming in today. And uh, today we're going to talk about Ebbets Field. And we were going to ask you um, what it was like to grow up in Brooklyn with Ebbets Field in your backyard. Well, it was very interesting being so close to Ebbets Field. I was only about three blocks away. And what I remember very clearly is when I was about four or five years old, at night I would hear the roar of the crowds at Ebbets Field when a home run was uh, hit or something else exciting happened. and. At first, when I was four or five, I was very frightened by that sound. It was very loud, uh, but my parents had told me what it was, and gradually I got used to it, and eventually I came to like it very much. The odd thing is that I don't remember that sound ever being heard during the daytime. It was only at night. And my school, PS 161, was very close to Abbott's Field, and we never heard that sound in the school. It was kind of strange. Did, um, did any of the players ever visit you guys at school? Was that something? That never happened, uh, although I did get to meet a number of the players uh, outside of Abbott's Field. Uh, but uh, no, they never did. They were traveling a good part of the time. Who did you meet? I met, uh, in particular, I remember meeting Pee Wee Reese, Duke Snyder, Gil Hodges, and the great Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson remains uh, a hero of mine. Uh, in the 1940s, there was a color line in baseball. It wasn't official but it was just, sadly, it was just done so that African-American players weren't playing in the major leagues. And Branch Rickey, who was the primary owner of the Brooklyn Dodgers in the 1940s, was very determined to break the color line. And so he found a great player, Jackie Robinson, and he hired him for a Dodgers minor league in 1945. Then in 1947, he brought Jackie Robinson up to his own major league team, the Brooklyn Dodgers. Uh, they discussed it with each other a lot because they were both aware that in some places, Jackie Robinson would be taunted uh, it wasn't the case in Brooklyn. Uh, I like to think that we Brooklynites are made of good stuff, but it was the case when he went to various other parts of the country. Uh, he agreed that he would not lose his cool, that he would keep his temper in check, and his way of countering the harassment, that the, the verbal harassment that he endured, was to be the very best player that he could be, and he was. He was a great baseball player. He was a very fast runner. He was known for that. And I think there's the phrase, as, as quick as you can say, Jackie Robinson. Uh, that's 
probably because of the speed with which Jackie Robinson was known for running. Did you get to see him play on the field? Oh, many times, many times. We had what was known as Elsie tickets uh, for the bleachers. The bleachers were the cheapest seats in Ebbets Field. Uh, they cost 75 cents, but if you had Elsie tickets, you could get in to see the games for 25 cents, and all of us had Elsie tickets. What Elsie tickets were, were uh, Borden's ice cream wrappers. You needed, I believe it was three of them, plus a quarter, and you got in to the game. Uh, Borden's ice cream had its mascot as Elsie the cow, and litterbugs littered wrappers from ice cream, which were, uh, the wrappers were all over the area of Ebbets Field, and uh, all you had to do was pick them up, have a quarter, and go in and see the games for a quarter. So I did see many, many games uh, for only 25 cents. There was a woman by the name of Hazel Chester. Have you ever heard of her? No. Hollering Hazel was one of the nicknames that she had. She was the quintessential baseball fan. She would attend baseball games always carrying a huge cowbell. And when the Dodgers hit a home run, she would stand up and ring the cowbell and shout out, uh, she was also famous for shouting out encouragement to the Dodgers in her very distinct Brooklynese accent. Uh, she would always be at the games. I saw her many times. Uh, she would sometimes lead a conger line in her favorite section. Again, uh, it was the bleachers. Uh, 30 or 40 people uh, literally dancing up and down the aisles at great moments of the games. Uh, when not at Dodger games, she would be at hockey games. She was a big hockey fan too. too. And her daughter, by the way, uh, played in a women's league baseball. Uh, Hazel also, uh, for a living, uh, sold hot dogs at a racetrack and also was the ticket seller at the old Fox Theater on Flappish Avenue uh, in downtown Brooklyn. She was quite a character and she would have a sign that said, Hazel is here and hold that up. She was uh, awarded lifetime passes to the games for the very best seats, but Hazel took the lifetime passes uh, and always attended the games, but she preferred to be sitting in the bleachers because the bleachers were the uh, seats that had the most raucous fans, and Hazel was very, very raucous. She was a delightful character, and she even appeared in a feature film that had uh, the Dodgers in it, and uh, uh, she was quite memorable. Um. What are your memories of the stadium itself, in terms of the uh, architecture, the seats? I remember there were ramps, uh, and you had to be careful. Uh, uh, they were pretty high up, and you didn't want to 
fall off those ramps when you're going for your seats. Uh, nearby, right next to Ebbets Field, was a parking lot, and uh, lots of times the parking lot was empty when there weren't games at Ebbets Field. And we had a baseball team on my block, the Eagles, and we used to play in what was called Little Ebbets, uh, and it was kind of an honor to be playing so close to Ebbets Field. They also had a, a program that was telecast before the baseball games on Channel 9 called Happy Felton's Nuthole Gang. Happy Felton was an old, old vaudevillian comedian, and it would be three Little League baseball players would compete against each other, uh, usually fielding ground balls and pop-ups and then a baseball player, sometimes it was Jackie Robinson, would pick out the player that did the best job and uh, he would get extra prizes for his school. Uh, all of the three got scholarships and it was a wonderful experience for them. That was an experience I never had. You had to be a very good baseball player to get picked even to compete on Happy Felton's Not Whole Gang. So the games were televised? Oh yes, Channel 9. So. Well, I, I'd like to mention there was another person who was often seen in the Ebbets Field games, and that was what then was the most famous clown in the world. He was there when the circus was in town. He, he worked for Ringling Brothers, Bonham and Bailey Circus. His name was Emmett Kelly, and he was officially, uh, in the later 1950s, the official mascot of the Brooklyn Dodgers. Um, he had a character that was a very sad clown wearing a derby hat and his character's name was Weary Willie and his association with the Brooklyn Dodgers started actually in the 1930s when a cartoonist by the name of Willard Mullen drew pictures of Weary Willie and put him into Ebbets Field uh, in the drawings and uh, Willard Mullen uh, would eventually become the official cartoonist and artist for the Brooklyn Dodgers, so his drawings would appear on the programs uh, of the Brooklyn Dodgers. So were you um, a high school student when the Dodgers, when you started out as, as a child, but then... Yes. Uh, how old were you when they left? Okay, uh, well, they left when I was in the eighth grade, uh, after the eighth grade, uh, so th that would be 1957. And, um, uh, but prior to that, two years before they're leaving Brooklyn, and it was a very sad day in Brooklyn when they left, two years before, uh, the Brooklyn Dodgers won the World Series. It was the first time they had ever won the World Series and there were celebrations all around Brooklyn. Mm, tell me more about that. Oh, just everyone was thrilled. Um, 
I suppose um, I was too young to go into them, but I suppose every bar in Brooklyn had uh, celebrations. Uh, uh, but I remember in school all of us cheering for the Brooklyn Dodgers because they had won. But there was a lot of anger when the Dodgers moved to Los Angeles in 1957. We felt let down. I will tell you one story that I mentioned uh, to you previously, uh, and that was about a friend of mine. Uh, they had a thing called ball shagging uh, just outside of Ebbets Field. Ball shaggers were generally retired elderly men who would simply wait outside uh, of the wall on Bedford Avenue um, for home runs to be hit over that wall and they'd catch the ball. That was ball shagging. And uh, the old New York Herald Tribune had an article on ball shagging. Uh, I'm not sure if the ball shaggers, if they brought in the ball, would be given free admission or not. I can't recall that, but I do know uh, that everyone of those people just enjoyed trying to catch one of the balls hit over the fence. Uh, and of course they had the camaraderie. Uh, it was a nice thing to do on an afternoon. Well, this friend of mine cut school and was ball shagging and the old New York Herald Tribune had an article which quoted my friend, in fact, schoolboy so-and-so, I won't tell you his name, uh, about bull shagging and bull shaggers, and they had a group picture uh, which appeared in the Herald Tribune, and the question was then raised uh, by the school's principal and by our fifth grade teacher, what was he doing on an afternoon bull shagging uh, on Bedford Avenue in Ebbets Field? He got in a bit of trouble over that one. I think that's all I can recall about all of this, but it was a wonderful experience growing up so close to Ebbets Field, and I think Brooklyn has lost a lot. Um, Keystone Park in Coney Island just doesn't do it. Uh, there was something very, very special about the Brooklyn Dodgers and Ebbets Field. And it was such a pleasure to grow up so close to that ballpark. Um, is there anything that you would want future generations to know about, um, I think, Jackie Robinson? The fact that you were there to see him break the color line? Uh, well, he, he was just such a very fine gentleman and such a tremendous athlete. Uh, it's sad he, he uh, didn't live a long life. He died at a relatively young age, and uh, about I think it was about two or three years before he passed away, his son died of a, uh, it was drugs, and uh, he was so heartbroken. He said about that he had done so much to help other children, but he couldn't save his own son uh, from the horrors of drugs.
been inspiring to see him play. It was, it was. Uh, uh, I think the most inspiring thing was that his answer to the harassment, the, the verbal insults that he received was to be the very best baseball player that he could be. And he was, uh, he's always been a hero to me. Well, it sounds like a wonderful experience growing up near Ebbets Field. Is there anything else that you wanted to mention? Yes, there is something. Let's bring the Dodgers back to Brooklyn. <laughs> That's what I, I say. They belong in Brooklyn. Great. After taping this interview, Mr. Feinstein realized he made a mistake when he identified the Brooklyn Dodgers super fan as Hazel Chester. Her correct name is Hilda Chester. Thank you.